Hi, this is Gary Habermas. I'm the Distinguished Research Professor of Apologetics and Philosophy at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. I teach full-time in the PhD program here, and I have been a guest on the program by Nick Peters on many occasions, and over the years I've noticed how many excellent guests he gets And I can tell you personally that Nick reads everything that comes his way. He's a great interviewer. He's got good insight and questions, and I highly recommend his program. You stand on the shore of the ocean watching the tide come in. You sense the call of the sea beckoning to take you further. You step forward little by little, not knowing what to expect, but expecting more. You keep going as the ocean calls, calls you to enter in to deeper waters.
it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, so I'm actually an electrical engineer by training, and my degrees are in that field. But about 15 years ago or so, just kind of for my own personal uh, knowledge, I began studying the Word about what the Bible has to say about marriage and started writing down some of my thoughts. And I began to, also in this season, really explore what the love of God looks like, what the love of Jesus looks like, and how that relates to how I love my wife. And the more I studied this, the more fascinated I became by the fact that really God gave us a perfect roadmap, a perfect picture of how I should do, how I should love my wife and how we should do marriage here on earth by our, the relationship between Christ and the church. And every, everywhere I looked in that season, I was seeing the parallels between my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with my wife. And so anyway, I started writing some of this down. And eventually the Lord in, in 2010 um, prompted me to start writing some of this publicly because I, I didn't see a lot of it out there. It wasn't being talked about a lot. You hear a lot of times you hear the, the comparison of Christ and the church like at weddings and that kind of thing, but wasn't really being talked about as a model for marriage in terms of how to actually practically live out your marriage. So I started the blog uh, in 2010 and then began, uh, my wife and I together developed a, a curriculum, a small group curriculum for training uh, married couples on, on this sort of these principles. And we've done that uh, small group. It's a 13 week study and we've done it now I don't know, six or eight, maybe 10 times. I'm not even sure how many. But um, and so we do that as well as I still write at the blog and uh, just recently published my first um, first book. I have to say the best thing that can happen to any wife is to have a husband who begins to study marriage and how to love your life well and how to love your wife like Christ loves the church. I was not studying those things. I was not looking into Bible studies on those things. I um, we, we share, we both share a strong spiritual connection and a, a real a surrendered lives to the Lord. But when Scott began looking at these principles, he began to love me just so unselfishly. And I still was pretty much more selfish. <laughs> I'd have to say that. And, and there is nothing like being loved selflessly and loved well that makes you just want to surrender to that love, makes you realize the joy in submitting to someone who is living to love you well and it created the most beautiful safe atmosphere for intimacy like 
when you know that you're loved, when you know that you're you're fully known and fully loved, there is nothing like that. And that is what influenced me um, and my part of the marriage ministry is just being on the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. She also keeps me honest. Sometimes she'll, you know, I'll write a post and she oftentimes will review my posts. And sometimes I write kind of to women uh, or I write to men about women and she'll read it and she'll say, no, you're thinking like a man. Women don't really feel that way. This is how they actually feel. So she keeps me honest and, and offers her insights as well. So they don't, she doesn't post a lot on my blog, but her, her influence is there all the time. So. It does. Yes. <laughs> it does. It just creates an atmosphere of oneness, mm-hmm. whether that is in agreement for for your vision for your life, or whether it's enjoying the oneness of physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. It just creates a, an atmosphere. Uh, it's just like with Jesus when you realize how much He loves you when you experience the manifest presence of his love in your life, it's easy. You want to give your life to him. You want to give yourself over to him. You don't want to hold anything back. Mm-hmm. And and the same thing, we found the same thing happens in marriage. Yeah, so the, you know, kind of the bottom line as I see it is, um, marriage is your relationship with your spouse is the only other covenant relationship you have mm-hmm. in your, other than your relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and so that sets that sets the marriage um, relationship apart from every other human relationship mm-hmm. in its, its uniqueness. And what we found is in our many years of talking and teaching couples about uh, intimacy and marriage is that they sometimes they just kind of lose sight of um, the, the value 
in each other and the value of their marriage. And when intimacy isn't thriving, that's when you become roommates. Mm. It's when you're just kind of coexisting, running your lives in parallel, um, you know, and it comes down to sort of a functional existence, you know, mm. who's going to pick up the kids, um, you know, what time is dinner, and those kinds of things. And when it gets to that point, we call that kind of, an, you know, alluding to that movie, the kind of living as excellent roommates. Not, it's not hostile, mm-hmm. you know, it's negative, but the intimacy is just not there. Yeah, so I would ask the guy, what are you doing differently? Mm-hmm. It's not always about what she's doing differently, but what yeah. as, as he stopped pursuing her, mm-hmm. as he stopped putting out, you know, putting forth his best and, mm-hmm. and and wooing her like he did before, before he had the ring on the finger. Yeah. I think there's also with excellent roommates, the issue of um, maybe unmet needs and um, possibly expectations that mm-hmm. disappointment. And so we start to kind of live self-protected lives. We're doing things to self-protect ourselves from getting hurt. We don't want to be vulnerable. Um, and so that's more like a roommate. You wouldn't be completely vulnerable. You wouldn't be completely one with them. You wouldn't be as transparent necessarily. And I think that women believe a lie that they don't really need that intimacy and that um, that possibly living a life of peaceful coexistence, that's good for them. They're fine with that. Mm. But they're actually missing out completely on what God intended to be the most meaningful relationship of their lives. Oh, yeah. Um, I hear that message a lot as well as um, I'm aware of what I would call a crisis of sexless marriages. Mm -hmm. I understand the different drives. I'm not high drive. I, I understand about that, but it's not just your drive. It's it's experiencing the complete fulfillment for yourself physically, but also of living that, um, enjoying that oneness, that intimacy with your husband and being the the one that can fulfill his life. 
So when I talk to engaged couples, I'm asking them both, the husband and wife, can you live a life to see that person come into all that God intended for them and be completely fulfilled? You, can Not are they the one that's going to fulfill you. Can you spend your life loving them well, learning how to love them well? And um, it's there's just, it's just a lie. I just believe that it is a lie that women believe that the enemy has there, that in some way women don't need it, that it's just for the men, that it's only physical, and therefore you don't experience what God intended. It's sort of like with the believer. If you have someone who is very religious, they know the Bible verses, they know what to do and how to behave, but there is not that passionate growing relationship with Christ, there's just a big difference. And what do you want? Yeah, so a lot of a lot of people, particularly in Christian circles, I found, are a little bit afraid of the word sex. So they use intimacy as a substitute when they're really talking about sexual intimacy. Right. Um, but I always think of intimacy as being that oneness, that closeness in every part of your marriage. So intimacy includes not just sexual intimacy or physical intimacy, but relational intimacy, emotional, spiritual, financial. It's that it's that living as one in every dimension of your being and of your marriage. And my definition, my shorthand definition is in all those dimensions, being fully known and completely loved. Mm -hmm. It's, it requires vulnerability to be completely known. Cause if you think about your, your closest friends, your closest friends are those who know you the best. Right. And no one can know you as well as your spouse can know you. Mm -hmm. And it's risky and that's a little scary and it's vulnerable, but you can't have fake intimacy. There's no such thing. So you have to let yourself be fully known and then be willing to um, believe that your spouse loves you, even though you, 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 know, you have some warts and you have some weaknesses and some shortcomings, you have to bring the fullness of who you are to your marriage. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. And in fact, you know, every every person, male and female, has, has different, you know, emphasis in terms of intimacy. So, you know, as a as a man, I would agree that sex is, a, is and sexual intimacy is a high need for me, um, for my wife, and for most women. That emotional intimacy, that that connection, um, so is important for them. So it's you know, it, and and then. I have to kind of make a quick statement here that there are some 20% or so women who, who have a higher sex drive than, than their husbands. So this is the, I'm just describing the typical case, mm. but it, you often find it said that for men, 
sexual intimacy is the path to phys- to relational intimacy. Mm-hmm. That it, and Paul Byerly says it actually makes men want to pursue their wives and and that that emotional closeness. Whereas for women, it works kind of the other way around. They really want to feel that security of the emotional co- closeness, the security of the solid relationship, and that's what enables them to be open to and even willing to pursue sexual intimacy. did have him and Lori on the show last week, so you can go back and listen to that. Oh, I missed that show. I'll have to go back and hear that. Yeah, They're wonderful. They're, they're friends of ours, yeah. It's true. It's true. I don't know why the Lord didn't make us more um, more alike in that way, except for it causes us both to pursue the other, and you can't be selfish about it. And, um, but I think that any marriage and any woman can be awakened to desire, mm-hmm. and it just works differently for us. Mm-hmm. Like we we can't feel like. We can't feel like it's um, expected of us or like we have to do something that kind of kind of puts cold water on it for us. But if we know, if we have time to be thinking about it and um, and if we feel pursued, if we feel desired, it's very similar to a man. It just takes a little longer for a woman for a woman. And if um if we can let ourselves risk giving of ourselves, giving over to just getting started, mm-hmm. then usually all of our thinking and our emotions will follow and our, our physical desire too. it just, um, we don't automatically have the physical desire and arousal. And so it takes some connecting and figuring out what works for your wife. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about uh, Mark Gunger, who's done the Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. I'm not sure yeah. if you're familiar with yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah, he, he talks about women's points inside. Now, some of you men out there, you're married to women who love sex. They just can't get enough. They want it constantly. And I think I speak on behalf of all men when I say we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And um, when, I, when we speak with couples and marriage groups and when I'm encouraging women, let your husband see you naked. Let your, you know, let yourself um, be adventurous. Determine what, you know, make some plans to think about sex and and what you can do. They don't know what you're thinking. You can change your mind. They won't know it. Flirt with your husband, even if you don't follow through. They'd rather be flirted with. And um, the husbands are in the room going. Keep going, keep going. Tell them more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sure.
Yeah, but there's also women that are really lonely and they have unmet needs because they both begin, you both begin to self-protect and pull away. And once there's that gulf, it's really hard for a woman to reconnect. It doesn't take so much for a man to turn towards his wife, even if they've been apart for for a long time. Maybe it's easier for them. But for a woman, if there's been a hurt, if there's been a misunderstanding, or if they feel neglected or lonely, um, it just becomes a cycle. Because then the husband feels like a failure. That's not, no man likes to feel like a failure. And so that they're not going to want to be around that and hear what they're doing wrong, hear that they're not enough. So it just becomes this cycle. And it's just a matter of turning towards each other reaffirming that you are for each other, you love each other, and you both want to learn how to love each other well, then then that really even just, goes a long way. it goes a long way to connecting. Yeah. Yeah. So this this idea of bids and response to bids is something that John Gottman of the uh, Gottman Institute, who researches on marriage all the time, kind of kind of coined. And it's the idea is that um, what they did and what they found in their research is they studied couples over some number of years and they they observed them together and they recorded how many times when a spouse gave a bid. And I could describe a little bit more what that looks like Mm -hmm. if you'd like me to. But when a spouse gave a bid for attention, whether their spouse either turned toward them and responded positively, ignored the bid, which means basically just pretended they didn't hear, or actually turned away or responded negatively to that bid for attention. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that there was a significant difference. And I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but there was a significant difference between the couples that were still married, I think they responded to their bids positively like 85% of the time mm-hmm. after, after some number of years, seven years or 10 years. And the couples that were had a much lower response, positive response rate to the bids had significant higher incidence of divorce after the same period of time. So it's an important thing, and it really, it really does either bring you closer together or – separate you um, to how you respond when your spouse is bidding for attention. And it can be very subtle things. 
Um, you know, you could it could be explicit, like what the example you just gave, which is, could you come over here and watch this with me? Or it could be a, something as subtle as a sigh. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, just a comment like, oh, what a day. I've had a, quite a day. Or it be something that doesn't really obviously invite attention, but it's still, it's still a bid that says, there's something going on with me, and I'd like you to ask me about it. I'd like you to, to respond to it. So. Yeah, no. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, we've been at this 30, almost 36 years, and we're still, we still tend to sometimes take turns off onto the path of separation sometimes. So, yeah, grace is really important. Happy now, you right? Know, she she's not going to be, but we're the same time. Though, so many brides can become suspicious because that's not show any interest whatsoever in giving her dating steps. Right, giving Gr- right, grudgingly, yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. And that's where the attitude of the heart really comes in. And it's super important mm-hmm. to not um, to actually find pleasure in making your spouse happy, mm-hmm. to actually enjoy blessing them and meeting their needs and giving to them in a way that that is meaningful to them and actually actually take delight in it. Because I, I believe it actually delights God's heart, too, when we love each other well. But I would say some women, a lot of women are brought up with the notion that for men it is physical. Like, like taught so much that it's such a big physical need for men that I think women believe that's all it is, is a physical need. And we want more than just meeting a physical need. And it was a huge revelation to me, and it wasn't that long ago, when I learned that um, men they really need to be desired. They need to yeah. feel like you want them, that you desire them. It, and Because a lot of times women, really good-hearted, well-meaning, good-willed wives will think, okay, well, you got yours. That should satisfy you for a little while. Or, you know, I, there, we had sex. Now you're good. Just like if it was a hunger pang or any other physical need, um, it blew me away when I found out that it's so important for our husbands to know that we desire them. Because usually when women aren't aren't responding to a bid for sex from their husband, it has nothing to do with the fact that they don't desire them. It's usually something completely else. But the message to their husband usually is, I just don't want you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a process of discovery for sure. That's why I call it the journey, a journey on the path, because it's it's something that we are still learning and um, growing in every every year. Keeps getting better, keeps yeah. 
keeps getting better every year. And that's another lie that I would love to to address as we're talking about this is there seems to be a sort of um, common notion that marriages eventually decline into excellent roommates or whatever. And I don't I don't believe that at all. And I don't believe that's um, what God plans for us. I believe that every year we should at our anniversary, we should be able to look back and say this year was the best year yet. And so that's that's why I just want to encourage people. If you're in a season of struggle and if you're you know, you're you're suffering from pain in your relationship, just know God's on your side. He's for your marriage. And and this can be the best year yet of your marriage. And it, it should be that way your entire marriage life. And really smooth sailing, easy, easy, getting along all the time. That is not what necessarily creates a strong marriage. Right. We've had a lot of um, rough seasons, very rough seasons, either with things going on with me physically. We um, lost a baby. Mm. Scott's mom lived with us for seven years. She had Alzheimer's and mm. it very taxing. There's so we've been through a lot of different things, but we feel like going through these hardships and fighting to stay connected is what has really forged such a strong bond. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, um, I, I have a chapter in my book where I talk about on ramp to the path of separation, and one of those is we often, as as humans, both men and women, we tend to give love in the way we want to receive it, because we. So, if, if for me, let's say my if one of my highest felt needs is a need for respect, and if I try to love Jenny with that in the forefront of my mind is trying to give her respect. Not that she doesn't want to be respected, but for her, that's not, that doesn't push her buttons. That's not a, it's not a high felt need for her. And so I have to learn what is it that me, says I love you to her and speak that love language to her. And, that, and that's where, that's where it's really can be challenging because, you know, men and women think so differently um, and they come at things completely differently and so it's it's a question of just becoming a student of your spouse and understanding what their what their really top needs are and then striving to to learn how to meet those needs because oftentimes for men and for women to love their spouse well in the way that they want to be loved doesn't come naturally or easily Mm. because because it's different from their own perspective it's different they just don't they just don't have a grid for it. They just don't get it. And so it can be a learning process over a lot of years to learn to love well in a way that says um, that's meaningful to your spouse. You know, Jeannie, I think a way that a lot of women can miss this in marriage, for instance, is they undercut what their husband wants most. The thing about what they want most, they say, geez, my, my husband, I go and I clean up the house all day long for him. I make sure the kids are taken care of. He comes home to a nice house, and yet what does he he say? He wants to have sex. Jeez, isn't 
that just am I, it's what I do just not good enough and meanwhile she's missing the point that the husband does appreciate all those things but it's kind of like yeah you're doing all these things great but there's just one great big need and you're missing that need there yeah yeah you're right it's true and a lot of women are not willing to communicate their needs to their husbands so that they'll be in a better position to love their husbands well, maybe physically. So um, I have women that that observe our marriage and how well Scott is loving me. They're like, oh, I wish my husband would be like that. I wish he would do those things. And I'll say, do you tell them? Do you tell them what would help you? What would help make help you be in the mood? No. If I tell them, then it doesn't count. They should just know. And I always tell them, well, then you're never going to get it because we, there's no way that a husband is going to know every woman's different yeah. and we're different every day. So mm, what works today, don't do that again tomorrow because, you know, today's not today, yesterday. I'm, I'm, I don't feel that way today. But but there is there is this way that we can talk to our spouses and say, I know you want to love me well and I want to love you well. If you could just, and then fill in the blank, it would really help me to be able to also love you the way you need to be loved. But I do think a lot of women get the mistaken notion, and it's almost a popular way to think. I don't know if it's on the media, but that your husband is just like another child, like another one of the kids making demands off of you. And um, here I've had kids hanging me all on me all day, and now my husband's hanging on me. Well, we have to remind ourselves and remember that they they're diff- they're not another child. We're not one with our children. This is our this is our husband who we're one with, who we're to love as as Christ, like we love Jesus. And um I think that I think that one of the best things advice I had ever been told was by our pastor's wife. She said, for most of us, our husbands have integrity. And they are going to be faithful. So that means we're the only sex they get. We're the only physical pleasure they're going to have. So don't we want to be the only one that they want? Like when I really got that, I thought, okay, I'm all that Scott gets. I want to be all that he wants. I want to think outside this box. And that's a powerful place to be. That I'm the only sex he gets. I want to be the most amazing sex he could ever have. So that's, you know, that's just a different way to think. And it's very powerful, actually. Yeah. And, and I mean, let's pick on the men here some as well. And I think there are too many men who are, let's just be clear and say, morons, who come home, they don't do, they don't really address their wife, except, you know, maybe it's just a high sit down, plop their feet up on the footstool, get the remote, turn on the TV, ask their wives to bring them dinner, and then somehow keep wondering, geez, why doesn't my wife want to have sex with me in the evening? Yeah, yeah, I, I would totally agree. There are a lot of um, what I call uh, lazy husbands who make lump for lonely wives, who just don't try. And And I understand there's a lot of times there's relational issues and there's bitterness and there's things that go on. There's just the stress of work or financial pressure. You know, there's a lot of stuff that comes against a couple. But I would just encourage husbands to to really 
think sacrificially in terms of how they approach their wives and just do the little things, you know, uh, a a good kiss when you come home and an embrace, um, a physical touch. That's not sec that's not sexual holding hands or, or a hug or, you know, turn off the TV, put down your phone and have a conversation. And for a lot of men, that's not their strong suit. They don't like a lot of words. I'm, I'm, I'm a man of a few words myself, except when I'm writing. And so, you know, conversation for me doesn't necessarily come natural. But I know that for Jenny to feel close to me, we have to have meaningful conversations beyond just functional things. So, yeah, guys need to wake up. We do. We like presents.
Yeah, so we we actually don't have a um, a nonprofit organization. So it's um, but I would would appreciate if um, you want to go on Amazon and search the path of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book is is available there, both in Kindle form and also now just just now released in paperback. So I encourage you to go do that mm-hmm. if you support our ministry. Yeah, that you know also. Please consider going on iTunes and leave a positive review for the show. I really love to see it here. Now, when you're talking about Armis and Jean, I I think many women don't realize what you just said earlier about, I mean, some women I know get so self-conscious because they look at themselves and they say, yeah, but look at all these other women out there. I mean, my mm-hmm. husband is just watching them constantly. I'm sure he is. I mean, he has to be. And right there, I'm like, here's what I'll tell you. If you are giving yourself to your husband regularly and he can count on it, his mind is going to be so full of you that he's not going to really be able to look at other women that way. But if you don't, other women will suddenly look a whole lot more tempting. Well, Nick, I, I think that's awesome that what you said, uh, because it is true. Women don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's mm-hmm. it's a fight for me every time. Mm-hmm. It's a it's I after all these years and how well Scott loves me, I still cannot believe that he likes the way I look. I, mm-hmm. It's such a big thing. So he has to tell me constantly. He has to be willing for me to when he does compliment me. Um, there was a time in our marriage where he just got tired of giving me a compliment and then I would just shoot it down and just point out isn't good. And so he was like, I'm done like that. I'm not. And that actually was really bad. I, I need to hear it all the time. Women need to hear that you love them every single day. Mm-hmm. They need to know that you would choose them again. They can't believe it. It's kind of like with the Lord. I can't believe he loves me. I can't believe he. I'm still forgiven. I can't believe that he sees me as the righteousness of Christ. I can't believe Scott could be attracted to me. I'm 57 years old. I don't look anything like when we got married. And it's so hard for me to believe that he would want me. But his actions, the way his eyes light up, the gifts he gives me, um, lingerie that he buys me, that he finds out what I feel good in, what he's asked me, what makes me feel attractive, and then that is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I just, to me, it just blows my mind that women don't seem to see it. And what I tell women about this also, look, if you are telling your husband this, that he really doesn't see that way and such, you may not realize it, but implicitly, you're calling your husband a liar. Yeah, it's just that that um, met. It's just part of society the way we're raised. That if I cannot believe that you would want to see me in this, and I've talked to friends who who are very attractive, and they'll say, "No, I will not wear that item. I would never wear a thong. I would never wear." Um, anything like that because I know how I look all I have to do is look in the mirror but I always say to them ask your husband ask your husband what he wants you to wear ask your husband what he wants to see and it's really hard it's a battle for wives so husbands have to be realize that it might be baby steps it might be you know turn on the candlelight 
be very forgiving with the light in the room. Let them get used to um, the fact that you do like the way they look. It's really a battle. Yeah, I often tell husbands that you are probably the only ally that your wife has in the battle for their body image. Yeah, it's so true. Everything else, society, media, other women, everywhere, everywhere is telling women, wives, um, how unattractive they are and buy this product or cut your hair a certain way or, you know, wear this, buy these kinds of clothes and then you'll be attractive. And, and there's so much messages against women and their, their own self image that the husband is probably one of the few allies in that battle. And so he needs to be a strong advocate and he needs to tell her every day something that he finds attractive about her. could be just her hairstyle, the way she wears her makeup that day, the colors she has on. Um, it, it could be something, you know, specifically physical about her. But he, she needs, like what Jenny just said, she needs to hear something every day and it needs to be sincere. And I have no doubt that he thinks those things a lot. Most men do think about, about uh, the attractiveness to their wives, but they don't say them. And so I'm just encouraging you guys, say it. Say it out loud and say it often. Yeah, Scott, we're, we're actually not looking for super martyrs, are we? No, absolutely not. We're looking for someone who we can really know who is willing to give to us fully and that we can have that kind of intimacy with. And that's super attractive. You know, I've told women this before and said your husband would really much rather have say a plain Jane in the bedroom who's totally into him than to have a supermodel who's just passive and has no interest in him. Would you agree with that Scott? It's absolutely true. Yeah and it comes back to what Jenny was saying about men want to feel wanted. It's part of that respect need that they have yep. that, that they want to feel attractive that they want to feel desired and that their that their wife finds them so, and it's really important, really important. Sometimes women, I'll notice that they seem to open up a little bit to this idea that their husband could actually want them. When we talk about the fact that your husband loves it that you're theirs, like Scotty loves me and wants me because I'm his. He knows I'm his only his and that is so desirable and attractive to him and that I feel like oh well I can be that I feel like I'm going to be a disappointment in you know I don't like the way my body looks it doesn't matter what a woman looks like Mm -hmm. Uh, she's she's not satisfied she feels like a disappointment and so if we can find these ways where we can connect and really believe that our husband even if I have to pretend that I am sexier than I feel like I am the the benefits of that is great because I can tell by his response that he really does find me attractive and so, and that he wants me. just beaming yeah, yeah. Exactly. and such and say yep you better
Yeah, we feel fiercely protective of our wives. It's mm. true. And hopefully our marriages can even be used for evangelism. Scott and I have been places. We were at a bank one time sitting, talking to, I don't know, we were opening opening an account. And and the guy said, okay, what's your secret? Like, like, how do you guys, how long have you been married? How, how, why are you so happy? We haven't said anything or done anything. And they, people can just see it. They can tell by the way you treat each other. We had a couple ask us to give them premarital counseling and they'd only seen us before. They, they never talked to us, but they could tell the way we were around each other, the way we looked at each other and talked to each other and treated each other. They just said, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. So, and then when you tell them what our secret is, is Jesus Christ. It's learning to love like he loves us. It's knowing him and knowing what grace looks like, knowing what forgiveness looks like, knowing what laying down your life for for someone looks like. Um, It's all about him. Yeah. And I'm thinking also that this... Nerd. Because <laughs> a nerd was just oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what you you actually what you actually Yeah, that's true. That that is actually something Scott and I have talked about, the fact that we both are in awe of the fact that the other person loves us. Mm-hmm. We we both had some things in our childhood where where we felt unloved and I think we've just remained in awe of the love that the other has so it does help you not take it for granted that's for sure yeah That's awesome. That's love. That's fabulous. So I'll address husbands. I'll let Jenny address the wives. But to me, for husbands, I would say the best thing you can do is to study and understand and encounter the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because in that, you find everything you need for how to love your life, how to love your wife well. And so study the Gospels, study what how Jesus loves people, um, pray and, and, and dialogue with him, and understand what it is the love of Christ means for you in terms of grace, forgiveness, um, passion, intensity, desire, all those dimensions of God's love is shown to us in Jesus. And so if you study those things and really get to know them and then 
can turn around and love your life wife like that, that's the best thing you can do. Sky, you should address the wives on on what they should know about their husbands. Like, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So for so one of the things I, I guess um, I, I think we touched on this earlier, but this issue of of needs and understanding needs, and I've I've always been um, you know once or twice a year do polls on my blog to ask people kind of what their hot button issues are and what their needs are. Um, whether or not they're being met and that kind of stuff. And so I think one of the things that um, for both men and women is, is to understand what your spouse's top needs are and have that conversation. It can be a little bit difficult because sometimes you feel defensive about the fact that maybe you haven't had those needs met in the past. But the, the, the most important thing about that conversation is to express so let's just say for a wife and she wants to have more romance she doesn't feel like her husband's being romantic Mm -hmm. if if a husband isn't good at that naturally and many husbands aren't and his wife comes and says honey i really need i really need you to be more more romantic toward me most guys are going to be clueless about exactly how to do that so the 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 question that you have to ask specifically is to say okay, I would love to do that. Can you tell me what that would look like for you? Mm -hmm. Does that that mean going on more dates? Does that mean me bringing you flowers? Does that mean us holding hands when we're walking in public? Does that, you know, what does that look like to you? Because for one wife and another wife, the answer to being more more romantic might look completely different. And the same is true for husbands. If, If I tell Jenny, I really you know, respect is really important for me, or if sexual intimacy is really important for me, then we have to have that specific conversation. Okay, so what, let's just take the example of sexual intimacy. What does that being, having that need met look like? And we can talk in terms of frequency, we can talk in terms of, you know, the details of what that would look like. And it can be, those can be hard conversations to have, because it, it, it can, tends to bring up kind of difficult past or unmet needs, and that can be hurtful, but you need to get past those conversations and approach them with grace. I'll try to keep it short. So I would say husbands, your wives really want to feel understood. So that means you have to listen to them. And I would also say um, for the I would say for the husbands, just if you could ask her each day, what's one thing I could do today to help make your day better? Or what is one thing I can do today that would make you feel more loved? Mm -hmm. And at first she may not tell you, she'll want you to figure it out and, you know, just be willing to pursue and pursue Mm -hmm. because she really does want it. She, she may not know how to express it yet. She might not be used to your asking. She may be suspicious and um, you're just trying to get sex, and and what you are is wanting connection. Um, you can use those words. That's great for women. Take baby steps for connecting with your husband sexually. Start, you know, go ahead and have all the lights off and be under the covers, but get in bed with your husband naked or wear lingerie. Try to connect. Find something that you're willing to do as far as baby set steps. Send him a text in the middle of the day that you're thinking about him. 
just do something small, just to make the baby steps, hold hands more, let him, you know, surprise him on a date, surprise him with the, with um, just your intentions and your desire for him. And if you do that, then, then it, arousal and desire is going to wake up in you as well. Yeah, so my, my blog is, my website is uh, heavenmademarriage.com, and you can contact me through my first name, Scott, at heavenmademarriage.com. And do you all have any final words you like to leave for the listeners of the Deeper Waters podcast? Really enjoyed our time together today. Thank you so much. Be, yeah, feel free to contact me if you have uh, any questions about what we talked about today. And your marriage is worth it. Take time to invest in it.